Tapping the Keg podcast episode 403. Mitch on the ones and twos, not on the ones and twos, on the Zoom. I Sometimes, Mitch, I just got to say it just so it feels good again, just to be like Mitch on the ones and twos. Um, but you're not. You're across the, uh, across the way in Wisconsin, a little west of me. How you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good. It's another, another great day of uh, terrible weather, but yeah. uh, hopefully um, we'll come out soon of this and it'll be birds chirping. You got the, as people have been ironically saying this week, the hot stove of baseball to, uh, yeah. to warm your, warm your heart and warm your spirits and, and hope always springs eternal Yeah, uh, about, about this time of year as pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll do a little baseball at the end. I actually, well, we, we had a pre-show meeting and I didn't have this topic in our pre-show, but I might bring one up to you kind of a surprise topic at the end baseball wise. Um, but number one, we'll talk uh, Packer off-season wish list external. So we kind of did lat- yesterday on the Daily Tap, we looked at what moves the Packers could make with the roster they have right now. So whether that would be restructuring Rogers deal, what do you do about Jamal Williams? What do you do about um, Aaron Jones? Everything. You can go listen to that um, from yesterday. And then today, now we're kind of looking at what they could do outside of that. We won't really do much on the draft, more so free agency. Um, and then we'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about Drew Holiday pending, maybe test positive for COVID, maybe not. We'll kind of discuss what that impact could look like. Um, we'll also talk about the Chris Middleton hype train. Everybody's aboard. The haters are sick. They're furious. Chris Middleton uh, getting a lot of love of late. And then lastly, we will, I will wonder to you, Mitch, will the Brewers end up playing, will end up starting the season with their roof open the entire year? So we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Um, we'll talk about it as, as we go on and a couple other rapid fire things at the end. But starting with the Green Bay Packers, the NFL obviously over. Super Bowl happened. The boat parade for the Buccaneers happened yesterday. Looked like a great time. Let me tell you. And um, I definitely am like, why yeah. isn't every, why isn't every Super Bowl parade about parade? It was my first thought on that. Um, Tom Brady, drunker than Murph um, on a, <laughs> on a random Saturday night, just sauced. Um, but it looked just awesome, man. A lot of people were like, Oh, I, I respect Brady now. I like Brady now. It's like, yeah, Brady's kind of always been a kind of a cool dude. Like I've never really had it. I never really understood why people hated Tom Brady. I've just never been that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all comes down to people are sick of him winning all the time. And right. Um, there's just like that, that jealousy. And, you know, there are some people that still think he's not the goat. And I think that there, that would come down to your definition of um, goat. Or, I mean, or best quarterback, because uh. some people are like, well, no, he's not the best quarterback. He's not, you know, he doesn't make any flashy plays. He doesn't, you know, some people would say Dan Marino is better or, Peyton you know, Manning. it comes down to Peyton Manning. It comes down to, to eras to a lot with stuff like that. And I mean, seven Super Bowls is uh, hard to argue with. Yes. And, you know, I would say this one, he came to a ready-made situation. He was a mercenary yeah. and uh, he, he came, came through. 
and we called it basically on this podcast last week. Like, I think, I think we were recording, but maybe not, but I, I said, you know, I think the Buccaneers are going to win. And that was, that was the, that was what last Sunday we recorded. Yeah. Last Sunday. One week before wow. Super Bowl Sunday. And yeah, we were, we and, were on it, man. If you listen to us, if you listen to the, should I bet my team? Like I told you, I heard, should I bet the Super Bowl on Friday? I was like, take the Buccaneers. I was like, take the under. You would have, you would have done a, done pretty well for yourself on, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm a sharp by any means because I am not you know, nowhere near it, but still it was cool uh, to see the pay- them celebrate. I obviously jealous. Um, it didn't bother me as much as some of my other friends where it was like, Oh, why this can't, can't be us. Like, yeah, it happens though. But it's really, again, it's very hard to win the Super Bowl. I do. There is a tinge of, Chiefs are bad. I knew the Chiefs weren't that good. I, and I know that it's like, oh, Charlie, that's hindsight. It's like, no, check the fucking tapes. Like, I've been saying this since November, late November, that I was like, are we sure the Chiefs are good? And everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're the Chiefs. Like, they have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. And I'm like, they have no – I at the time, it wasn't the offensive line. It's just that they weren't scoring. They were kind of letting teams kind of hang around. And I was concerned by that in all these one score games. And then sure enough, they got the breaks beaten off them. And I just think the AFC wasn't as good of a conference as the NFC this year. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay did make Kansas city look, I mean, terrible. Oh yeah. And you know, I think obviously the, uh, the big issue was the offensive line for for Kansas city, which, you know, again, had Eric, what's his name? Eric Fisher. Had he been healthy, I mean, and, and their other tackle might have been different. Yeah. Um, but oh, I, yeah, I, totally. I, still, I still think I still think Tampa wins probably. Hmm. It, it wouldn't have been thirty-one to nine, but um, I still think Tampa just just they were they they clicked at the right time. And oh yeah, that's totally. That's that's so much of the of the battle when it comes to winning a Super Bowl in any championship, really. It, it was interesting to hear Sean Payton say to like never doubt a team. Like he was pay, he picked the Buccaneers before it and said, like don't doubt those teams that win three straight road games. And I don't know, that's a I've never heard a coach say that like that that winning on the road for a couple of straight for straight weeks matters. I feel like with fans it maybe matters more because it's like you're just. It's you against the world because everybody hates your guts. But I'll have to definitely kind of put that in the tickler file. Some there must be something to that. And obviously, the Packers did that in 2010 and won a Super Bowl then. But the hope will be in 2021 that Green Bay does win a Super Bowl, and maybe they'll get free agents. Maybe they won't. Um, I think there is a level setting that needs to go on with fans at this point that no matter how many names Mitch and I throw out tonight and talk about, Hey, are you interested in this guy? The fact of the matter is, is I don't know where, where the money's coming from and Packer fans have to be patient. And I know, I know this is where I get a lot of flack from some people where some people are like, Charlie, you're a team guy, you're carrying the water, all this bullshit. But we got to be realistic here. And you're like, well, Tom Brady had it ready-made. He got all these free agents and all this shit. Well, for some of them they picked off from that scrappy. You also have to remember the Bucks were a fledgling plant franchise 
till this year. This is their first playoff since 2002. They are deep in cap space because they weren't spending any money because they weren't good. And so when you, you don't have to extend guys because you're just a bad football team, you're going to have money to spend. So they're, they're kind of a young team with an old quarterback. And so it's kind of a perfect situation. So I, I know people are going to be like, well, they got to get Rogers weapons. They have to get Rogers, this, that Rogers, that, well, we'll see. Um, and I, I hate to be in negative town early, Mitch, but I, I just, it's facts are facts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Packers are in a much different situation than the Buccaneers are or were. Yeah. I mean, the Buccaneer, I don't know if it was 2002, it was 2008, I think. Oh, it was maybe it was that. Okay. That might be oh, the two, they won the Super Bowl. The yeah, yeah, two you're season. right. You're right. Um, it was 08. So, but it, nonetheless, it's been a long time. And yeah, I mean, their defense, I think in particular, that secondary was pretty young. And, you know, now they have the Super Bowl title to hang their hats on. I mean, the Packers, they just don't have that much room and, and they're going to have to make some, some shrewd moves that I think, you know, um, in order to keep some of that, you know, space that they do have or whatever, because they have, they still have more guys that they have to pay yeah. going forward. Yep. And Brought it up yesterday. You got to You got to extend, extend Devante. You got to extend Jair Alexander at some point. Yep. Those are the two guys that are, that are certainly on my mind. Uh, we don't know what's happening with Aaron Jones. We don't know what's happening with Corey Lindsley. It's pretty early in the game yet. These guys are in their uh, in their relaxation period, so I'm sure that there won't be much noise for a little while. But um, probably two weeks you know. before it starts. It starts really cooking right before yeah, as we're. Go ahead. I mean, you don't have any sort of feel at this moment for what the Packers want to do I mean I, I feel like it's day-to-day where it's like oh they got to bring Jones back or now you know they're not gonna be able to afford him and same thing with Lindsley where it's just All right yeah you'd, you'd like to have him but realistically you can probably afford to let a center go yeah just the way that offensive line performed um last year it just they showed a ton of depth and I think you can get by without him now I know I think Aaron Jones is a little more uh, of a necessity, but he too could also be out the door, um, you know, right. and they, they may have to address that in the draft. I think I, I would not spend money on a running back. Um, this is not something that teams do. Uh, Murph, friend of the pod, brought up Todd Gurley in our, our group chat um, on, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, and that look, was so, of, so before we... Kind of like, but, nah. Yeah, I, so you're kind of, you're all you're, we're, we're going a lot of ways. I, the thing is, I think what we want to look at here is, yeah, let's, let's start with running backs. We can do that and kind of talk through, Hey, is it worth, you know, bringing in a free agent or is it just worth getting it in the draft? Cause we know that's a need. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like there is a, there is that idea of, yeah, there are a lot of available running backs, but does it just make more sense to draft one and hope for an Aaron Jones type to spring out, whether that is Travis Etienne in the late first round or someone, you know, later rounds that has that Aaron Jones model, but nobody probably will be Aaron Jones. We, we obviously understand that, but yeah, it'd be too hard to reform. Would you prefer to 
draft a running back or would you prefer to sign one or both? I would certainly rather draft a running back. Yeah. Um, you know, I just spending, spending certainly large free agent dollars on running back just doesn't make really any sense to me, but there, I mean, there are some, some decent ones out there. I just think yeah. that you're going to, if you're, if you're looking to replace Aaron Jones, you're probably going to want to get someone a little more of that. Um, I mean, Jones is not really a scat back. I think that's kind of a slight to him. He's more than that, but right. you kind of, you kind of would want that, that lightning to an AJ Dillon's thunder. Yeah. That's why I think AJ Dillon's going to be unleashed a little bit this coming season. Absolutely. And I think I, I totally agree with you there. And I would, I would imagine that they would, yeah, look for a scat back, look for somebody who is going to do some different things out of the backfield. Um, not necessarily a bruiser. So like a guy like Todd Gurley, I just can't see it because Todd Gurley is just so similar to what AJ Dillon wants to do. Todd Gurley doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, it's just not, it's just not happening. Now, I don't know if he's going to be affordable, but like a guy like uh, Kenyon Drake, right? Like had a one really good year and then fell off. He's 27, still young. He, he might command too much. and That might be too unrealistic. But, you know, or a James White, who's 29, who's kind of getting up there, but huge guy out of the backfield, can catch so yep. much. That, to me, adds so much. That gives Aaron Rodgers a weapon. You want to talk about a weapon? That gives Aaron Rodgers a weapon. Mike Davis, a little bigger, but, again, he really catches out of the backfield. Tevin Coleman yep. could stay healthy. I'd say he'd be an option, but I can't, I can't get behind Tevin Coleman. I don't, I don't think anyone really, really can. And then after that, it kind of, it goes to the wayside and then it's just, it's just nobody's crazy that Leonard Fournette's only 26 too, by the way, he's not, he's going to get paid by somebody, but it's crazy that he got $2 million. and No one wanted to take a chance on Leonard Fournette at age 26. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does get, it drops off pretty quick. Um, oh yeah in the running back free agent pool. Yeah. Uh, Taiwan Jones still plays football. He was on, yeah. he's been in Buffalo. He's been sort of buried in Buffalo the last few years. God, Dion Lewis. Yeah. Oh yeah. There are some, there are some bad names. There are definitely some bad names. Um, so let's move to the vaunted wide receiver position. Um, would you sign a wide receiver if, if available or would you just say, eh, we get, we're okay with the guys we got, and maybe they'll draft them? I, I think a receiver is a spot you maybe do look at free agency. Okay. Um, there's some pretty good ones out there, and I, I think, you know, certainly with Rodgers throwing them the ball, there can be a fountain of youth, if you will. Um, I'm not talking like Larry Fitzgerald or A.J. Green. No. I probably wouldn't go that old. Um, Marvin Jones, maybe? I actually, yeah, I, I don't mind Marvin Jones. I mean, it, isn't Marvin Jones just a another Randall Cobb? Like, isn't that what Marvin Jones would bring to you? Always a reliable back, knows the division, um, plays in the slot. Like, I think you could use Marvin Jones in a lot in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, I definitely yeah. like him. I think 
I've seen a lot of people like Corey Davis and Corey Davis has a little bit of that Bill Hall contract where he was terrible, like top five pick though. So if we're using the four net model, let's just say where it's like, you don't give up on that kind of talent. You maybe still say it, but also some team might overpay Davis because his value in a couple of years could go to like astronomical yeah. levels. I don't, I don't foresee Green Bay in the, in that Corey Davis running, um, you know, a guy like John Ross is too old. I was going to say, take a chance on him, but I mean, John Ross at MVS is literally the Spider-Man team. I think those God, he's, literally he's 27. Yeah. I didn't realize John Ross is that old. Well, I didn't he must either. Have been old coming in. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, Curtis Samuel also was, has been thrown around. He's young, 25. Curtis Samuel would be, Ty, uh, Tyler Irvin on steroids. And I think that would be a guy who you could, could make the case. And I'm not saying you, you would say this, but you could make the case that he fills in some of what Aaron Jones used to do. Only 25 can run the football, can, can catch, um, not very big, but then you have a guy who kind of, kind of had this all purpose player that that's a little, that's even better than what you got out of uh, Tyler Irvin. Um, there's no way Juju Smith-Schuster leaves Pittsburgh, right? You know what? I think he does, but I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he, the Packers can afford him. Um, 25. I think the whole TikTok shit, like I think that really rubbed people the wrong way. And I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they move on. They, at 25 is young, man, though. I don't know. That's... Yeah. That feels like you're giving up on him. I mean, if Green Bay could find a way and clear a bunch of cap space and say, all right, you know, let's just bring him on. I mean, it'd be incredible because Juju Smith-Suster, for whatever it's worth, and now we're talking pie in the sky here. I, I'm being a hypocrite from what I said earlier, but the idea of Juju Smith-Suster with Devonte Adams would be silly because Juju Smith-Schuster, his best roles were in the slot. He doesn't really like playing the slot, but I got I bet with Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, you'd fucking play the slot. And and I think Big Ben's probably not as good of a leader as Rodgers is, and I think some of Juju's, you know, and I, the antics is a hard word. It's just he's kind of a shithead, right? Like he's the nicest shithead ever. Like doesn't really do anything that harmless or not harmful, excuse me. But it's still stuff where it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, why, why, why even bring that up? You know what I mean? He's like a he's like a millennial shithead. Oh like, yeah, uh, Gen. He's like, almost like a late Gen Z shithead. Yeah, like where he he's he's harmless, but he does things that just distract the team for no reason. Yeah, and and maybe bring on some unwanted animosity toward you. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's name. You know, Chris Godwin is another one that I, you've heard a few times. He's going to get um, paid. He's going to get so much money. He'll, he'll be. Uh, what, what about Kenny Galladay? He's kind of a deep threat. Another one that'll um, get, I think, good luck. I think he'll get, he'll yeah. get, I actually think Galladay, I'd rather Marvin Jones over Galladay. I'll, I'll put yeah. that out there. That's a take. I'd, sure. I'd have Galladay, Galladay over, or, or I'm sorry, I'd have Jones over Galladay just from a fit. I don't like T.Y. Hilton, way too old. Um, I don't know. It's just, 
does not excite me at all. Um, don't hate an idea like a Zach Pascal. Um, not going to excite a lot of people, but 44 catches, 629 yards, average 14.3 and five touchdowns. You know, kind of a reliable receiver. Um, it's not going to get anyone's dicks hard, but it would be, it would add to that receiver room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, I guess those are some of Josh Reynolds. I, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't, he's probably more of a slot guy too. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you're, you're, you're looking for, you're looking for probably more of a guy who can stretch the field. But again, as you said, that's kind of what MBS already does. Right. Whether he actually comes down with the ball or God, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar is only 28. Wow. Yeah. But Nelson Aguilar, another guy who he's like yeah, a combination. Year. Yeah. He's like a combination. He was MVS in Philly. Philly gave up on him. And that's a great example of why you don't give up on, on talent. Um, and then he goes to Vegas crazy year. So now it's like on a kind of a show me deal. So now the question is, do you resign Aguilar if you're Vegas or do you just say, all right, it was a flash in a pan. He's not going to be that good. Yeah. I also, I don't know. Do we bring up Will Fuller? We could revisit that. Yeah. We, I mean, Will Fuller, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting, right? Like played with Matt LaFleur in college or well, Matt LaFleur was his coach in college. I think that shit kind of matters when like, cause there's like some, I'll bring up a corner or two that has some ties. I think there's a linebacker or two that has some ties to the Packer coaching staffs. Like, don't you think that matters when you're like, who are realistic options? If they yeah. have a reason for wanting to play with that guy, I think that, I think that is important. Um, and so I, yeah, who knows? Maybe Will Fuller does. I mean, he's only 27. He's gotten to some issues, you know, with PDs and he doesn't stay healthy. So maybe it's a guy you can get on the fly cheap. It would be hilariously ironic if that's what happens. Um, I don't know if I'd, I could suffer or could take like Pinhead being like, oh, I should have done this in November. Now he would have tested positive for PEDs and it wouldn't have mattered, but whatever. Um, yeah, I also think maybe Houston will try to bring him back just because of all the stuff with Deshaun. But I mean, Houston's president uh, just resigned yesterday. Yeah, he signed yesterday. Yep. And they were like, yeah, this is a long time coming the ownership group was like, please don't do this till a while. We want to seem like we're not dysfunctional. And it's like, uh, how can you not? Like everybody's just bailing shit. Yeah. They're, so, they're a complete mess. Yeah. I don't know if any free agents going to want to sign with them. Uh, I mean, they'll overpay some guys where guys who are, if anyone signs with the Texans, that isn't like Alan Robinson's. Yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Um, because everyone's just, <laughs> Well, everyone gives him this sad sack treatment. Like, oh, Ellen Robinson has never played with a quarterback. Like, oh, he deserves better. Send a tweet. It's like the guy had a fucking opportunity to play with the Green Bay Packers. He literally had that opportunity the last time. He decided not to. So fuck off. I don't want to yeah. hear it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you and made your that, bed, now you got to lay in it. That rant has been a long time coming. That one just has been – it's like it's like a chili that's just been stewing, just simmering there, waiting for that opportunity. But, yeah, Allen Robinson probably goes to the fucking Texans and just takes their blood money and doesn't even care. Um, and then we'll feel then, bad for him all again. 
Right. Well, and then when and then when they trade Deshaun Watson, he's gonna act like he didn't see it coming. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, I didn't think he'd get traded. No shit. Uh, I don't think we have to run over tight ends because I think the Packers are good there. Um, don't think they have any issues there. Um, as for tackle position, I think that's more of a draft area versus a, a sign a guy. Where do you uh, stand there? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm in agreement with that. I just, I just don't really see, well, yeah, they probably do need to tackle somewhere in the draft. Yeah. And there's, the I just, I just think that they probably have enough for it. Go ahead. Yeah. And they have probably en- enough depth to begin with that, you know, they could probably figure something out where I'd, I wouldn't consider it a huge need where they'd have to spend like a first or second round pick on tackle. Right. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, yeah, I think they're going to. It's That's... really hard to – recent history would suggest it's really hard to, to know what the hell the Packers would do in the draft. But, uh, yes, that's uh, very true. I mean, <laughs> but uh, to me, that's that's not necessarily something where you'd have to spend a ton of draft capital. And free agent-wise, just a quick scan, I – nothing really – do you want to overpay for Trent Williams? I don't know. Oh, no. Not Probably in the not. Slightest. I mean, you, no, thanks. you're not going to need a left tackle anyway. So, I mean, yeah. I yeah, know. I saw yeah. – I saw Orlando Brown today was, I guess, requesting a trade who he's like, I only want to play left tackle, just left tackle. And like, because Ronnie Staley's their left tackle, he got hurt. Orlando Brown was getting bumped to the right side. What's ironic too, because his dad played uh, for the Ravens. And he's like, no, I want out. Like, fuck it. I just want to play left tackle. That's like, I I get it. It's a money spot. Like you play left tackle, you make a ton of fucking money by doing it. But at the same right. time, it's like, I don't know, dude, play right tackle well, and convince team you have tape on you that you can be a left tackle. Like, go do it. I man. mean, Brian Bulaga made a lot of money as a right tackle. In yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's a really good point. Like, he, he sure as hell did. Uh, moving all the way to corner, um, and then we'll wrap up with Edge and then go on to the Bucks. Um, the Richard Sherman conversation, I – look – I like Richard Sherman. I kind of was on board with the Richard Sherman stuff. Given his comments about Tampa and everything like that, he's just going to ring chase at a place that's, you know, a nice weather climate. He's not going to come out to Green Bay. Yeah, he doesn't that. strike he, me. He just is I agree with that. He's either going Tampa, possibly Las Vegas. Um, I bet if the Raiders are still in Oakland, he'd probably go there for sure. Oh, 100%. But, um, because he's a he's a Bay Area guy. Yeah, Stanford, that's a Gruden. He, that's such a Gruden move too to sign to overpay for Richard Sherman. Is very like Gruden and Mayock. I could definitely see that. Yeah, they'll they'll draft all Alabama Clemson guys and then sign Richard Richard Sherman and come up short again and and blow it down the second half of the season. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, Patrick Peterson is 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 gotten a little bit of steam. Um, just because of the news of him and the Cardinals parting ways. Um, so he'll be available, but he's probably with him. It's like, okay, he's probably too expensive and, or he might be washed. His numbers were bad this year. They were brutal uh, for him. Like just really ugly PFF numbers, really ugly stats against him. My suggestion that I had on the podcast, I think Monday 
was if he wanted to do it. Now that it's obviously his choice, and I don't know what Joe Barry is going to run, but if Joe Barry kind of implements that rover system that you know Raven Green did, and he kind of is like a Charles Woodson type where he's just kind of roaming around, and they can kind of sell him on that. I'm into that idea versus him just playing outside. But if he's like, ah, I, I want to be a corner, then it's fine. I mean, he's a great dude. He'd be great in the, the locker room. It would be an awesome, like, personality to have with that team. But, yeah, I, I don't see him as just a straight second uh, cornerback. Yeah. Unless Rashad he wants to Breland. Come... Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he holds a ton, man. Like, he to me, like, I look at that, and I don't think he's a Kevin King replacement. Um, I, yeah, there's nothing that gets me that excited. Maybe they are no. going to go into draft here. I mean, Jason McCourty's old as fuck. Uh, so is Josh Norman. AJ Boye just got released from Denver, but he hasn't really done much since that one good year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which seems like a decade ago, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah, I would right. Xavier Rhodes. So Xavier Rhodes was suggested. That's the one guy I was going to bring up. Xavier Rhodes was suggested by Schneidman and brought up that Jerry Gray was his cornerback coach and he had his best career with Jerry Gray. Okay. And is there, and he only made 3 million last year. So, it, yeah. and he had a, he had a decent year, nothing special, but, and kind of revived his career a little bit. I think there'd be a lot of Packer fans who'd see him kind of similar to the Joe Barry stuff and are like, well, he, you know, he sucked the last year of the Vikings. Why the hell would we want, why the hell would we want him? And like, I get it with Joe Barry. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're calculating, looking at spot track, his average, they're saying his market value would be 7.3 million. So a two year, $14 million deal. Eh, I don't, I don't, eh, I don't hate that. Two yeah. for 14, but, yeah, the, the the connection there is is I guess intriguing. Um, before you told me that, I would have said you know no way, but maybe at this point, I mean he's he's getting up there, but you know he could be he could be a guy that has has some bounce back qualities, I guess. Uh, you know, but I guess I didn't watch enough of him this past year to really to really feel good about him not being toast at this point in his career. Right. Um William Jackson from Cincinnati. Oh, not not a bad not a bad little option. Um it, you know, I always like the it, we saw it with Bobby Portis, right? Where and I know it's a different sport, but you take a ch- you you buy low on a guy who's played on a shitty team and actually they're yeah. pretty good, but no one no one realizes it. So Roby Coleman, if you want to, oh, if you want a cheap uh, pass interference call to get you to the, get yeah. to the Super Bowl, uh, I, he's been a renowned slot corner, so he would definitely replace Chandon Sullivan. Who I still like Chandon Sullivan. I wouldn't say I'm on Chandon Sullivan Island, but I do think Chandon Sullivan has a future. I just I don't know if he was ready to de- be the the slot corner for the uh, in the NFC Championship game. You just go down the list of cornerbacks. It just seems like there's so many like top, top fifteen picks that just are, that just didn't pan out at all. Yeah, it's it's why you don't, it's why you don't usually waste a waste an early draft pick on a corner. Like there's a lot of smoke around Akuda, 
the uh, Lions guy and their defensive coordinator, I guess, said today, yesterday, like, don't act like you're the third pick. Like, don't like get that shit out of your head and like, don't beat yourself up over it. And it'll be interesting to see his development because he was really bad last year and we'll see how it goes. And conversely, TJ Hawkinson led the lead tight ends and drops this year. And it's like, that's another position tight end where you don't draft a tight end in the first 10 picks, maybe even in the first 12. And I know Kyle Pitts is going to go in the first 12 picks, picks and we'll see. But if you draft Kyle Pitts, anything higher than eight, you are higher than a fucking kite. And yeah. if, if that's your plan, like if you're like the fifth pick overall and you're like, we're going to draft Kyle Pitts, just act like you're not and have somebody trade you trade you for that pick and and, and just draft down because if you draft Kyle Pitts higher than that you're you're out of your mind yeah it tight ends is not a uh you know an elite position so that's that's a tough tough sell I suppose as, as great as as much as I like Kyle Pitts I think that's a very good point by you to just maybe stay away from that oh maybe. yeah top 10 or so absolutely um as for edge rushers we'll wrap it up there there i can't believe how many edge rushers are actually available that are way out of the package price range like guys like leonard williams uh melvin mangrum matt judon uh justin houston's old ass who's only 32 i thought he he would be like 36 um but like those, there's a like a lot of double or double digit figure guys that are available. Levante David has to be paid. Um, That guy is going to get a ton of money. Um, So those guys probably out of the question, probably guys that you're, we're not going to be, not going to be looking, looking for and kind of looking as that edge rusher. I don't know if there's anyone that I, that really catches my eye. I mean, Hassan Reddick was a former first round draft pick. He finally figured it out in Arizona. This year, you know, maybe he puts it together. He might get overpaid because of the big year last year. So maybe yep. that is out of out of Green Bay's uh, pass rush. Uh, Tack McKinley was, you know, a former first-round draft pick, noted shithead. He's now with Vegas. Uh, they signed him off the scrap heap. Maybe you give him give him a look uh, if if that's around again. Not too much. Uh, Derek Wolf, uh, who is more of an interior guy, but I mean, he had some moments. He was part of he Super Bowl is an absolute psycho. Yeah, exactly. You know, you need you need a few of those guys. He, he. Uh, I remember our good friend Pat listened to a Dan Patrick interview with him, and he started drinking tequila and water because he thought it would keep him skinny. Um, so that's that's too straight for Pat getting shout outs. He got one on Daily Tap yesterday. You got a Ooh. nice fact, Chuck. Pernell yes. McPhee. I feel like Pernell McPhee is always a guy that gets brought up, big P. But Pernell McPhee, I mean, when has Pernell McPhee been been good? I don't know. Yeah, and he's also 34. Or that way, where did I just see him? 33. So he's certainly getting up there. You can bring back Alton Smith. He's He's been resurrected. <laughs> in a bad Cowboys defense last year. Yeah, I think you look at I think looking at edge rusher now it's kind of made up my mind that maybe you just go you just go and and draft somebody. 
Uh, one of the names that uh, Schneidman threw out was Tano uh, Kapazan. I'm probably butchering his last name from Kansas City. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I've never, I don't know how to say it, but I've, I'm the guy from Kansas City. Yep. He, uh, again, Mike Smith uh, was his coach, who's now a Packers coach. So there's a, there's a little bit of a connection there. But yeah, I, I don't think looking at this sort of what's available from an edge perspective, the guys you want are way too expensive. They don't seem that excited. Go draft one early. Get get one. I wouldn't draft one in the first round. Maybe in the second or third round, you start kind of looking at that about who can you bring off the edge if you're going to get rid of Preston Smith, which I think is inevitable. Um, and then we could clear the J.J. Watt topic and kind of the last f- thought on everything. J.J. Watt, not on this list, could be available after 6-1 uh, when people are clearing cap um, and all that's happening. And that is kind of when Domofsky said to Aaron Nagel yesterday that he thinks the Packers are going to take advantage of, that they might be quiet early, but when these cap casualties come around because of COVID, that's when you could start seeing the Packers strike. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the case. I don't know if that story is going to kind of pick up steam and then I can kind of ride with it because I'm like, well, we're just got to wait. But then we know what that that's like with the Brewers, Mitch, then it just doesn't come. And then, Oh, by the way, you sent Colt long. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get a long way to go until uh, June 1st. That's yeah. for sure. Um, Probably still wearing masks, though, so that's cool. Oh, yeah, totally. But, I mean, (laughs) that is what it is. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, again, if you can get J.J. Watt, I think at something reasonable, I'm probably down just because I feel like he kind of would be a a position of need, I suppose. You know, I mean, he sort of can do a lot of things that the Packers need. You know, you can never have too much pass rush. He can also he's decent against the run. I mean, and if, you know, if you're J, he, if you're you JJ, he stays healthy. Right. If you're JJ Watt, would you sign like a two million dollar deal with the Packers and just a bunch of incentives, knowing that if you oh, sign the, with the, the Packers, prove it, the prove it deal. No, no, no. no. Prove it deal. no. If you sign with the Packers, you're gonna get. A quick trip sponsorship, you'll get an associated bank sponsorship, you'll get a fucking I mean, he will get every sponsorship in the book. So by the time he's done recouping all the sponsorship money, it's gonna end up looking like a five or six million dollar deal plus incentives. Like, why not? He'll get the click it or ticket commercials, they'll fucking boot Donald Driver's ass. Yeah, oh yeah. Donald Driver, (laughs) you're out, JJ Watt in. Get out. Yeah, he'll be he'll be right in there. And, oh man, uh, no one's belted the Wisconsin cow more than Donald Driver. Donald Driver, if you and I've heard this from people, you could ask Donald Driver to do anything, and if you pay him, he'll he's in. So yeah. Well, <laughs> God bless him. Got to put hey, food man, on the table. Ca- cash those checks for quickie. I I hear you. You know, and you know Brian Lammy makes sure he gets he gets around. So hey, good on him. I guess that's yeah. what good agent does. Moving on uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. So they're in action tonight, less than an hour away from tip-off. We don't know what will happen in the game. We don't even know if Chris Paul is going to play. Game time decision there, uh, as well as Jay Crowder. Uh, a love of my life, but also a Bucks killer. 
Uh, both yes, are ba- both are banged up, so a lot of unknowns there with the Suns. Bucks will be without Drew Holiday for the second game in a row. He'll be out with uh, health and safety. It sounds like he tested positive for COVID. There's been one player that has tested positive for COVID in the last week. Um, name not revealed because that is a violation of a little thing I like to call HIPAA. But Chris Middleton kind of spilled the beans if you read Chris Middleton's quotes um, on Monday. And Chris, obviously, is such a good dude. I'm sure he didn't mean to. He's probably like, and they were probably like, hey, Chris, what the fuck, man? He's like, what, what did I say? He's like, read your quote. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. damn. That's probably, that's probably how it went. I, I, I think that, yeah, they, they haven't, the team hasn't, can't, won't, how, however you want to say it, won't say that he did it. But I think it's, at this moment, it's pretty obvious that, that he tested positive for COVID. And just because, I mean, the one guy, you know, you, put, you read the tea leaves, as they say. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's pretty clear. So I guess that means we'll have to hope that he recovers in a timely fashion. Um, Carl Anthony Towns missed 13 games due to, due to the Coco, evidently. I guess I didn't realize it was that long, but that's you're talking like a month or yep. like three weeks. No, and I, I understand that. Well, let's talk about Towns, though. And I, I'm, I'm going to be sensitive here. I mean, he lost seven family members to COVID-19, which is crazy and yeah. terrible. It might just been something that that virus really affected his genes. And so he just, for whatever reason, the body makeup of his family just couldn't handle something like COVID. And now this is pure speculation by me, but if it, if that happens where, so I don't know, that's, that's, I think worst case scenario, right? 13 games. Yeah. Best case is he's, you know, seven, seven days. Let's just put it at seven days. So if he tests positive on Monday, that means that he would miss the rest of this trip and maybe back for Toronto probably more realistically he'll he'd be back on the 18th so you're you're without holiday for four games it'll really suck for utah on friday which how that game isn't on espn mitch and i'm not a big like hey lebron like lebron men you know but grizzlies grizzlies lakers i know the grizz are playing better but grizz lakey lakers over bucks jazz really it's terrible yeah, you know, that's true. There's there's been there's some questionable national TV games this week. Um the Rockets have way too many national TV games. Yeah, you got to fix Harden. that. You got to fix that. I also I also started I was really bad in the Rockets a lot recently and it just it has not worked out. Yeah. But um, the Bucks and Jazz is game of the week. Oh yeah. I mean and you know, we got to have the Lakers on. Yeah. Um Pelicans also have too many national TV games, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But, well, well, yeah, of course. Maybe. I, mean, I, uh, I understand why, but potential, they're not that good. Uh, potential Snowtap WI bar watch on, uh, on, Sat- on, on Friday. Maybe a little Monica's. Um, we'll see. I haven't, I haven't texted our friend, but uh, might, might end up making it out to an establishment for that one. Um, huh. Just feel, feeling like it, a little saucy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that holidays impact losing holiday. Look, if you beat Phoenix tonight and they're four and on this trip, you're feeling pretty good. 
the Jazz yeah. game, while I'd want them to beat the Jazz, I won't care. I look, yeah. Jazz are playing really well right now. They're kind of having a 2018 Bucks sort of thing where they're just beating everybody's ass. They handle the Celtics. They're le- they're legit. Okay. But at the same time, Giannis bullies Rudy Gobert. As long as Giannis can just bury Gobert, that'll be really interesting. The post stuff with Giannis, like, is he going to still take it into the post as much with Gobert? You kind of didn't see it against the Nuggets in the first half. He started off really slow. That was his first real, like, tough interior matchup with Millsap and Jokic. Although, I and I don't know if I'm just biased, but I mean, since when does Jokic get away with every fucking foul call, though? Dude is a hack. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess being goofy pays off. Uh, well, he's so, goofy and he, and he, he sells contact um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, big Euro. Yeah, he does the Euro shit where he, he sells that shit. So, yeah, so, he's got the he's got the head cock mastered. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, but anyways, so it'll be interesting to see how he does with the Gobert um, because he's killed Gobert in the past. Um, and you know, Mannix talked about how good of a defender he was the other day. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to save this tweet for Friday because I guarantee you Giannis will put fucking 30 on his head because he does it every time. And it's great. And I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite little mini Giannis rivalries. He's too, he's too quick for, for Gobert. Oh um, yeah. For sure. And you know, yeah, you're right though. I mean, about the road trip, if, if you get to, if you get to uh, to the fourth win over Phoenix, I mean, you're at house money. And then, I mean, do we still melt down if they lose to OKC? Uh, probably. Yeah. OKC. I know okay. OKC is really frisky. They're but... scrappy. Yeah, they're they're scrappy. I mean, Shy Gill, just Alexander isn't playing tonight. I think maybe it might just be maintenance. But so if he doesn't go and you somehow like that game's close, that's a real problem. But yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to lose. So OKC would leave a bad taste in your mouth. Could it happen? Absolutely. Sunday, it's Valentine's Day. It's, you know, it's just like, well, you could just see sort of the I just want to get home sort of idea. So that's one of those where don't let the, don't yeah. let the thunder hang around. I think that's just a hold on to your butts. Don't throw it in any money line parlays. Just just let that game happen. I want to say that was last season where they played. It was like in November. Like they had an yeah. early, yep, early trip last year. And this is pre-COVID, so pre-lifetime basically. Um, yeah. But I want to say they ended like another six o'clock Sunday game with OKC that I think the Bucks won, but like barely. Now that was a different OKC team with Chris Paul. But um, I'm pulling up there. Uh, I'm pulling up the the schedule here. For entertainment, yes, it was a Sunday, November tenth. I I was driving home from, uh, was I the driving home to Packingham that day? Thirty one twenty one to one nineteen, uh, final. The Bucks with a Giannis thirty five and sixteen performance. Good Bledsoe game out of that one. Twenty five for uh for a Bled. Uh, but you know those people forget he did have those every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that that's a different. That's the Oklahoma City is even more torn down since since that game. Certainly, like half these guys aren't even aren't even there. Uh, and 
Yeah, but OKC should just it would be a nice one. But again, you've seen teams time and time again just sort of pack it in that last game of the road trip, ready to get yep. home, and they let one they let one bite them in the ass. Um, and you know that would that would that should be an easy one to finish the road trip. But I'll, I'll tell you this: if they beat Utah, I don't give one fuck about that Oklahoma City game. I yeah. I really won't. They beat Utah. If they they beat Utah and Phoenix. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I'd be like, I'd almost even say rest Giannis. Honestly, I would say put Giannis on skates for that one. Just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Because rest just just that, that could be like you saw in the game right before COVID hit where they just, they they played the bottom eight guys on the roster (laughs) and just, and just got their ass kicked. No, no earth on there though, to just get buckets. Like that's where, like I feel like we should just have Ursan for those games. Like let Ursan, yeah. let Ursan play just in those games. Like well, that was the game, game where that was the game where Corver had like six or seven threes. Yeah, and kept him in the game. Yeah, is Corver retired or is he just not playing yet? Is he gonna do like? Well, a... I think he's on. Uh, I saw him on the arena. Like I want to say, you know that show with Carrie Champion and stuff, but they've. That's on TNT. He was on there. Um, they, you know, they talk about social justice issues and stuff like that. And I, I, that was the first time I'd seen that show. And I don't know if I didn't know if he was co-hosting all the time, but I think he was on for that episode. So I don't know. I, I bet you he's he's probably done, right? I think. So, unfortunately. So uh, I. It's funny you say that because he was on that show and and he's been doing appearances. And they and someone asked him about it, and he goes. I'm not sure about a return. I've talked to a few teams coming out of the bubble. I believed in honoring the game. You honor a season with a good off season coming out of the bubble and a quick turnaround. I didn't really feel that. So I don't want to cheat the game. If I want to go out and play and play well, I haven't signed the paperwork. My wife asks me question every day. That's brutal. Can you imagine just getting <laughs> nagged? Like, honey, are you going to play basketball this year or what? Like, are we moving? So I got to take the kids. Uh, it's what I have a hard time finding words for. I haven't signed the paperwork. Enjoyed being with my family. It's been a challenging season across the board for the league. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Corver's come. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, you know what this means? I don't really want to deal with this fucking bubble bullshit. Uh, these in, in, in city bubbles. I'll wait till like, maybe middle of March and then I'll just go sign with whatever team I want. I think I have the best chance of winning a ring with. Yeah. And he hasn't won one and he's a guy who's been around forever. Right. I was like probably in middle school and yep. you know, I was so pumped to when the bucks got him. I just thought he was exactly what we needed. And uh, he was a little disappointing obviously, yeah. but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta be, you know, you got to be realistic and he's 40 years old and um, I'd really hate to see him go to the Lakers or something like that. That would really piss me off, but that would probably be what he'll do. And he'd look um, weird in a Lakers jersey. He would, but he's, he's a LeBron cabinet member of sorts. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's bad enough that Wes Matthews is there. Um adding Corver to that you know I wanted to get a ring but I really would but I also don't really want him on the box either so I don't know what to tell you <laughs> but, you know 
Well, Kyle, you're just not getting one. That's that's that. You're uh, you're shit out of luck. You're gonna get a rank. You'll get Bud. Bud will give it to you. You'll be one of Bud's guys. He'll break off his ring in like ten pieces. He goes one to you, Kyle. One to you, Pat. I know you have a ring, but I need to give you part of my ring for my undivided love to you, Ursan. You get two portions of my ring. Um. <laughs> Bud's guy. If, and if he goes to like the Sixers and wins the title, I'll hate him forever. So, well, you know, if he goes to the Sixers and they are successful, he's hitting a big shot against the Bucks. Yeah, probably. I just, dude, I, do you really, do you really think that a team would play him meaningful minutes? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, team plays meaningful minutes for Nick Batum. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that. No, no, that's a little inside joke for the peeps. Uh, we did talk about Middleton, um, but it's good. To, I'll just say this. It's good to see the mi- people finally waking up to Chris Middleton. Um, I, w- I will say I'll take everyone's apologies on that. People wondering whether Chris Middleton could be a guy, the, guy, the second guy, paid him too much money, all the shit. Just I will take every apology letter. I wasn't a huge Middleton guy, but I also – was definitely on team. It was a fine contract, and Middleton's a good player. Yeah. I mean, I, I it took me a while, uh, I will say. Um, I would say he's not as infuriating as he was, like, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and he's turned into, you know, a really clutch player and a guy that, you know, has has gone from – well, is he a, is he the second option or third option to like? He's definitely a second option, and is he, you know, the main guy in clutch clutch time? Which I think a lot of Bucks fans, uh, certainly in recent history, are going to tell you that yeah, he is. I mean, he's just he's the guy that that can that can score from all three levels, and he's the guy that. Him and probably Holiday, but um, we're not talking about Holiday right now. But those those are your two guys that you hope can score outside of the system that Bud has in place, which right. is so important yeah. come playoff time and and in clutch moments. Yeah. And you know we've seen we had what the Brooklyn game where you had a a chance to win a game late, which I feel like never happens with the Bucks. I mean, it's either they either get blown out or they blow the other team out, but you know, then naturally coach Bud runs the corner play, which hasn't worked in 10 years. And, but he's a guy that if drawn up to be in the right situation can, you know, hit the shot from pretty much anywhere on the floor and you feel good about him taking it at this point where, you know, his shooting splits are unbelievable and they have been for a calendar year. So it's like, um, actually you're more than that. And there's really not a lot to, to nitpick them anymore when that's probably what it was leading up to the big contract um, was nitpicking and complaining about stuff. I mean, it bothered me a lot, you know, a couple of years ago where he would go one for 10 in the first half, you know, and it was just like, at some point you gotta, you gotta figure it out. And he's been, he's been good. He's, you know, he's still, he's still, I don't want to say, disappears but he, he can tend to pick his spots a little bit um but 
he always seems to get his numbers, and that's all that really matters uh, yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, oh, how many sure. times is Gian? If we're gonna, if I'm gonna say that about Middleton, I have to say that about Giannis too. Right. He's had you know some games where he's either foul trouble in the first half or you know stuff like that where he's not getting his numbers, and then all of a sudden he has a spurt in the in the third quarter and just takes over or fourth quarter, and um, he has numbers, and that's where Middleton is as well. Yeah, Middleton. I mean, you've seen some hot hot moments from Middleton where all of a sudden it's like, all right, every time down the court, just keep feeding him keep giving him the ball. Yeah. And I think one of the things they did unlock that, I mean, they've done it before. Right. But I think with holiday out Middleton kind of became more of like a point forward, like, and it was really successful. I mean, he had 12 assists. He, they scored 30 points off those 12 assists. He found Giannis on a couple alley-oops that were just awesome. Like the chemistry there was fucking phenomenal. And so it's, that's kind of the thing to kind of kind of close the loop on the true holiday of like, are you worried? I mean, yeah, a little bit, but I am really curious to see like if this point forward thing with Middleton's real, because if it is that just unlocks God knows how much for the bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, having, having all those options and, and that always, that it's just, and, and you're seeing also Giannis too is doing doing more. I mean, and yeah. they're 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 just working on things, and it's starting to starting to turn into victories a little more consistently. And that's that's all I can can really ask for. Absolutely. All right, we'll do a couple quick things. It's late. I so the first topic. I I'm sorry I sprung this on you. I had this thought yesterday on the podcast, and I was like, all right, I'm going to talk about it. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't bring that up to you earlier. Do you think the Brewers, so say weather is like, it's not like rainy. Do you think the Brewers are going to play all their games like with the roof open because of like COVID and stuff? Uh, if they don't have fans, I don't see why they would. Yeah. If they do have fans, then prob- they'll probably be a little bit more lenient in terms of the weather. Yeah, I'm thinking if it's if it's 40 degrees and rain, you know, or misting or something, it'll right. be closed. Yeah. You know, but if it's instead of you know, there's how many days over the years has it been 65 and sunny, but you know, in May they keep it closed. Right, a little bite. Um, at little that bite at that right, right at that point they'll probably open it. I would think. Yeah, I think so, and I think they're gonna have fans because I think if the Bucks are having fans who knows if it comes next week when they're back home or a couple weeks later. And we saw Marquette had their family members at the Creighton game last Saturday. I think the Brewers are going to going to have fans come, come April. I don't yeah. think, it, I think most MLB teams will have a plan to have fans in the stands, even the like, bluest of states like even new york and chicago i think will have a semblance of fans well the knicks are going to have fans back oh no uh, shit february 23rd yeah 2000 fans i did not see that um well yeah if that's happening then yeah the yankees and Mets will definitely have fans no question about it so i'll be interested um so i had two brewer topics this week um reaction that pakoda believes the brewers are the best team in the nl central your thoughts yeah it's it's wild, but I mean the NL Central is 
not very pretty on paper. No, I know the card the Cardinals the Cardinals got Nolan Arenado, which sucks. But um, I did listen to Jeff Passan with Ryan Rosillo the other day. Yeah, and it sounded like that got real nasty behind closed doors, which I oh, think yeah. surprises a lot of people. Um, I guess you know it's kind of a it was sounded like he made it sound like it was a James Harden thing. Yeah, yeah. Almost. It just it just didn't play out every moment in the media like the NBA tends to do. Um, you know, uh, clearly Passan knew that, and yeah. he probably could have could have aired it out in the in the in the media, but baseball media is a different different animal altogether. Yeah, they don't have they don't have snakes lying in the grass like Woj. Um, right, right, exactly. They don't have king cobras. No, but you know that's 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 fine. I mean. I don't know. I think why it was really. Everyone, why does everyone need to know every fucking move of everyone's life? Like, no, I, I, agree. Don't, I don't need I agree. to know. I agree. You know, for it's sure. Sort of like the, it's sort of like the national anthem thing, which is going to be popular now for. Oh. Like, I'm just so tired of like arguing about everything. Like, who cares if they want to play it? Great. If not, don't. I don't know. I don't care anymore. I, I yeah. Like. I, yeah, I especially, I, especially if there's no fans, who gives a fuck? The national anthem thing is is tough. Um, I don't know why you don't just not come out for it, just like the Packers did. You know, if you don't want to come out for it, fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, most 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 sports around the world they play the national anthem before the game. They've done that my entire life. I guess I'd prefer they do it than they don't. But I don't care what people do during it if they're out there or not. Players wise, I'm talking. Yeah. If they stand. They sit. They kneel. They they take their head off. They don't take their head off. I don't care. But you might as well just do it. I don't know. Yeah. It's been two and a half minutes. Yeah. And then you have the, the Dallas Stars who are in the same arena be like, oh, yeah, we're going to play the anthem. Like, all right, guys, like, we don't need this isn't like a pissing contest. All right. Let's, let's just, uh, let's settle down. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, a, that was an odd flex. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, hey, I don't know. Nobody who, asked. I, <laughs> the owner. The order was probably like the social guy, like, hey, can we put out a message, like a statement that we're going to play the, the anthem? Social guy's yeah, probably we're like, gonna, uh, we're going to capital. We're going to capitalize on the situation. Are you are you sure? Like, do we do we have to? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'd be good. A good message. You know, we're Texas, America, uh, everything like that. All right. Yeah. I guess. They, yeah. they don't tell you those things when when people work in social media a lot of the shit that cringy as fuck you don't you don't get to choose that and some of the stuff that's so funny and they're like oh my god i can't believe they did that you just kind of did it on the fly without telling anybody yeah i mean so i don't even know how i got there but um no that's fine i look uh, look this is we're we're in free talk land you can we can cut this at any point say all right we're gonna (laughs) We'll see you later. Um, the uh, but... the Pakota. That's right. We're talking yeah. about the Pakota. Yeah, that's where I... I I I guess somebody has to win the division, and right. I'm just surprised that uh, they went with Milwaukee or however how they figured that out. I guess the analytics, the, the, the pitching staff, pitching analytics is really high on the Brewers. I just saw something before the show like that one of the uh, baseball perspectives metrics, which is where Pakota is based off of has Brandon Woodruff as the sixth best pitcher in baseball this year, which wow. I mean, yeah, like, I'm like, okay, that, I mean, I if, mean, if he can, if he can continue, 
sort of that slight upward trajectory uh, and Corbin Burns can continue his abrupt upward trajectory trajectory i mean i feel pretty good about your the top half of your rotation oh yeah um, and like and I they just, ha- you, you just got to see what burns you're getting right and they have the brewers giving up only 726 runs which is the third lowest in the nl in the nl not just not just the nl central it is the third lowest in the nl behind the dodgers and the padres so that says you have a really good pitching staff. And that's where I was like, when I was doing this on Monday, I was like, well, if you have that good of a pitching staff, then I'm going to believe that we could actually win a fucking like pitching wins championships. You never know. Um, yeah. But, and, but, hey, they signed Jordan Zimmerman uh, to a, so he could be uh, a reliever. Maybe that guy's a gas can. Um, oh, yeah. But I like the story not to be a prick, but he sucks. Like, yeah, oh, he's oh his. You do not want to go visit his baseball reference page. Oh, I mean, yeah. he was good, but he's had some yeah. going on two or three really rough years. Yeah, that visiting his baseball reference page is comparison to seeing Lena Dunham naked. Like it's just stuff you don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now, just for fun. Oh yeah, I mean, you pick your favorite Jordan Zimmerman stat. Um, while we're doing that, uh, how do you feel about March Madness? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What's your What's your take there? Uh, well, I, I love it. Um, just getting that that first round game on a weekend is going to be uncharted territory. Oh God, for that better, is. I think it's it's, it's going to be. It's just I've never been one of those people that's fortunate enough to have um, the day off from the NCAA, the first round of the NCAA tournament. And that's an, an all time, you know, just, just guys being dudes day. Oh, and I was going to have one last year, but, uh, uh, something happened and, uh, they didn't have the NCAA tournament. No. And now I'm provided, provided the opportunity because of it being coming on Saturday. I don't really have to worry about it. Um, I will be able to, fully enjoy that and i just think that i don't know if it stays long term but it's something that uh i'm very much excited for yeah i i think they'll go back to thursday i we'll see what the ratings do right i think the ratings will be out of the out of this world um but i think it's gonna be it'll be an ultimate sobriety management day because you'll be like wanting to just get after it right away and and then by like six you're kind of sideways and you're like, eh, uh, this isn't good. Can't remember really what happened. But did, did Drake beat West West Virginia? Like that happened? Oh yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a blast. And then you get to do it all over again on Sunday. And if you're fortunate enough to take off Monday, I think the only drawback is, yeah, it sucks. The second round is gonna be like a full day on Monday. Like that should just like if Biden really wants to get the country united, like that's a holiday, like just figure out a holiday, like call it COVID remembrance day. Who gives a fuck? Like (laughs) just do it. Give everybody the day off. Frontline heroes day. Yeah. Fuck it. Frontline heroes day, but we all get the day off. We're all frontline heroes with this. Um, Because that's, that to me is, 
it's a crime that if people will have to work that Monday because everyone's gonna be bloated, they're gonna be hungover. It's gonna, it, you know, no one will be at homeostasis. I thankfully have taken the day off, but I'm I realize I'm fortunate one. So there you are. But yeah, yeah um, that will be good. So what was your what's your favorite stat line of Zimmerman's now that you have it open? Before to, I mean, to, a, end, a, to end us. He only had three appearances in 2020, but he had a 2.29 whip, which is that's I mean more than two run, two base runners per inning. I mean that's that's pretty pretty rough. Um, I actually never even officially pulled it up because I can't oh. find it here on Google. Why, why is why are they letting me down? They have forsaken me. That's okay. That's all right. <clears throat> You you will uh, your stats at this point are four point oh six ERA. So that tells you that he was he was uh really good at one point despite a seven point nine ERA last year. And a uh let's see, six point nine one the year before, one in thirteen. Uh, <laughs> Gas can Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. But yeah, if the Brewers are in a position where Zimmerman A makes the major league roster, B starts a game for them, uh, things are bad. Things somehow got really bad really quick. Um, but let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, and yeah, so that does it for us today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, a lot of we'll do a Wisconsin weekend preview, we'll get ourselves ready. For Bucks Jazz, I know we talked a lot about it today, but I will have, you know, Bucks Suns off that. We'll uh, we'll chat Bucks Jazz. We'll also talk about the college hoops uh, for the weekend. Maybe for the first time, I think in three weeks, maybe a team, a Wisconsin team, can actually win on the weekend. Uh, has not been, it's not been kind to neither Marquette or uh, Wisconsin. So we'll see if that can happen. Any last words for the people, Mitch? I just I'm looking at this Brewers pitching staff and I I don't know I don't see it but uh, well, well yeah well we'll save it for next week that that sounds like a a great tease for next week all right here we go there we'll we go. Uh, we'll, we'll take take care and uh, have a good one guys and uh, hope you enjoy your Valentine's Day don't forget about it if you uh, have a significant other all right take care have a good one bye peace peace.